You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. And we'll read verses 7 to 13. We'll read those responsively. Genesis chapter 13, verses 7 to 13. Uh, and then uh, let me just uh, get you to be in prayer about a fundraiser that the school is doing. And we've got a big fundraiser going, and our goal is $20,000. And so that will be a huge help for the school. And so anyway, just be in prayer about that. That is a doable uh, amount. And so just pray that uh, uh, families will be able to work together, kids. They've got some amazing gifts uh, prizes that they're going to be working for. So uh, prayerfully, we'll have a uh, just good, good response, but that's going to be kicking off. So if you would uh, be in prayer about that. All right, Genesis chapter 13, verses 7 to 13. I'll, join, I'll start on verse 7. Join me, verse 8, and we will read responsively. And there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled then in the land. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere, before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. And Abraham dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked, and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Here we have a division that is taking place between Abram and all through the service tonight, I'm going to say Abraham or Abram, uh, so uh, don't, uh, don't crucify me on this. Uh, but uh, anyway, Abraham and Lot, and I know he was Abram at that point, but same person, cut me some slack. Uh, and so uh, Abraham and Lot, and there is a division that is taking place, and there was strife. And the Bible doesn't say that there was strife between Abraham and Lot. The, the strife was between Abraham's employees and Lot's employees. It was the followers of Abraham and the followers of Lot. It wasn't Lot and Abraham. It didn't say that they had a problem in the world. But the followers started having division. You know, the devil is a divider, he's a divider. And he knows how to stir things up. He knows what buttons to push. Have you ever had somebody that had your button? They just had the number. They knew what button to push. When I was, when I was up at Bethel, our, uh, uh, one of our, our cleaning lady, 
she was, she's a sweet lady. Her name was Mrs. Shattuck. But I had her number. And I would get her wound up. And I would walk away just, just rejoicing. I just had so much fun just getting her so stirred up. And she knew I was stirring her up. And it was sort of this, it was this odd game. Uh, that we played, and, and I, I just knew what buttons to push to get her stirred up, and she'd throw her hands on her hips, Brother Brown, you stop it, and she'd give me a hard time. Uh, but you know, in life, there are people that we come alongside, and they push those buttons, and they create strife, and here now there is this division to where now family is separating and they're separating over this strife that has taken place. And as Abraham is, is making decisions, and as Lot is making decisions, we see a different perspective on how they chose their future. Tonight I want to speak to you on the subject, the stewardship of your future. You see, your future is going to be determined by the decisions that you make today. And when we make a decision, it will have an impact in our future. And if we are going to be a good steward, we want to make sure that we are not sacrificing our future because of bad stewardship today the stewardship of your future father i do pray that you'd help us tonight thank you for your word thank you for your people and lord as i look around and uh, lord as i look at that screen in the back of the auditorium and the cameras and recognizing there are many people that are not here but they're watching online and they'd love to be here i pray that all of us collectively would would just be able to grow tonight. Just help us this evening as we, as we look at your word. God, I pray that you would help us to make decisions that would bring blessing in our life instead of destruction. And so help us now, please, in these next few moments, for Christ's sake, amen. You can be seated. And here, uh, I want you to go ahead and go to that slide that has the map, if you would. Uh, there is, in this, if you are looking at that, uh, Right, of course, the big body of water to your left there, uh, that is the Mediterranean Sea. And when you come below the Mediterranean Sea and farther down to the west would be Egypt. And that's where God's people had left. They left Egypt. They came across and they ended up in the wilderness down in that, uh, that lower area. Uh, they did find themselves uh, up over on uh, the other side of the Dead Sea there and on the east side of the Dead Sea. And that bigger body of water there is the Dead Sea. Uh, the Jordan River is what is flowing in from the north into the Dead Sea. And, and as God's people uh, were wandering in the wilderness, as God's people later are going to settle, uh, th this body of water was one that uh, they would work around. Uh, the Mediterranean, anytime uh, you have water, there is, uh, there is a population. And the problem with the Dead Sea was the Dead Sea had no life in it. 
If you go up farther, and the map does not show this, we would have the Sea of Galilee and then the Jordan River, and then it goes into the Dead Sea. Now, the Dead Sea has good water flowing in, but there is nothing going out. And the lack of anything coming out creates a body of water that is dead. In the Bible, it's also called the salt sea. And so this dead sea, the salt sea, there was no life in it. And you know, the believer that has stuff coming in and nothing going out, sort of like that dead sea. There's no new life being produced. You know, we're not supposed to just be taking in. We're supposed to be giving back out. That's why I'm excited about this facility finishing up. Uh, why? It's going to give us some more opportunities to put out, uh, more opportunities to engage, more opportunities to reach people. And each and every one of us, uh, we are to not just take in, we also are to t uh, put out. Uh, but this 47-mile uh, this, uh, body of water from north to south uh, is a body of water that uh, we, we, will, we will see some things take place. Uh, here in just a little bit. But Abraham and Lot, uh, they were in Bethel. Now, uh, if you can see on this map, if you went just to the very top of the Dead Sea, and then you uh, follow up north and west just a little bit, you will see Bethel and Ai. Can you see that? I can't see that. Uh, but uh, I know that it's there. Uh, anyway, uh, so uh, Bethel and Ai. Now that's where this all originates and this story, it originates. That's where they're at. Uh, and so uh, we, we see Abraham and Lot and there was this, uh, there was a problem between the two uh, because of the herdmen and, and now they've got to make a decision of what they're going to do, where they're going to go and how they're going to uh, move along. Now, now, uh, back in Genesis 12, we see how uh, we see how the uh, uh, there a lot ended up going to live with Uncle Abraham. Now, there are some that say that Abraham sinned when he left the Ur of the Chaldees and left Haran, uh, and he took Lot with him, because in, in Genesis 12, it says that uh, God told Abraham to leave his, his country and to leave his kindred. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will uh, show thee. And so uh, here there was a, uh, a land that God had told him he was going to leave, and he told him, to leave his kindred. Now, some people say, well, he should not have taken Lot with him. Now, I don't believe that's the truth. I don't believe that here Abraham had a responsibility. He's taking care of his nephew. Uh, I don't think that God was telling him to, to leave his nephew who couldn't care for himself uh, to be able to uh, go somewhere else. Uh, it would be like you leaving your child. Uh, and uh, anybody else raise somebody that was not your child? Uh, and that is not an uncommon thing. Uh, grandparents are raising their their kid or their grandkids, aunts and uncles, uh, and and so I think that's sort of the scenario in this culture. Family took care of family, 
and it wasn't, there wasn't a uh, welfare system to uh, send them to. So I don't believe that Abraham was doing anything wrong by taking Lot with him. But he definitely found some problems. You know, the more people you love, you invest in, the more opportunity of hurt you have. And here Abraham is investing in his nephew. And this nephew, Lot, now he grows, he matures, he has a family of his own, and Lot is a wealthy man. He has, he has his own herdmen. He has his own possessions. He has his own wealth. Uh, and so uh, we see that there was some care uh, that Abraham had. And all of us have had people that have invested in us. You know, there, there are no self-made people. There, we are all the, uh, we are uh, just the, uh, the, the composite of all the investments that others have made into us, moms and dads that have invested in us and, 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 and taught us and uh, trained us and cared for us, uh, grandparents uh, that have invested in us. I remember uh, when, before Ma and Pops got married, uh, my grandpa was that, that figure in my life, uh, that male figure. He was the one that, uh, he would take me everywhere. Uh, I would, he would take me out on the ocean, and we'd go fishing in the bay. Uh, he'd teach me how to, uh, how to work on a lawnmower. Uh, he'd, he'd let me take his riding lawnmower and mow. Five years old, I was riding a riding lawnmower down these huge hills. Uh, I wouldn't trust my kids with that, but my grandpa trusted. Uh, and, you know, uh, it's just amazing the different people that, that invest in us. Maybe it was a teacher that invested in you. How many of you can remember some of your teachers? I can remember three. I remember my uh, fifth grade teacher, Mr. Audie. Uh, he, was, he was an old Englishman, an old vet, and he was as hard as can be. And everybody said, you don't want Mr. Audie. Uh, but as as strict as he was, he got my he grabbed my heart, and you know I, I remember him. Uh, I remember Mr. Pittengoro. He was my shop teacher in junior high school, and then I remember Mr. Hall. He was my my algebra teacher, and why would I like an algebra teacher? I don't know. Uh, and so uh, my algebra teacher, I'm teasing Miss. Uh, Miss Brenna, but uh, uh, he was my algebra teacher, but he was also my wrestling coach. And I could get away with murder with him. And I remember one time I was, kids aren't in here, so uh, I, was, I was taking a test. It was an algebra test. And I didn't study for school. And I, I looked over, and I'm, I mean, he's looking. He's at the front of the class watching everybody. And I look over. And I look at the answer, and I write it down. I look over, we make eye contact, and I go back over, and I, get, I look at the next answer. I went through the entire uh, test. I got all the answers done, and, and I look back up, and, and all of a sudden, Mr., Mr. Hall was standing at my desk, and, 
He was just shaking his head, grabbed my test, crumpled it up, and threw it away. Uh, I didn't get away with it. I was a little bit too brazen, I guess. Uh, he couldn't let it slide. Uh, but, you know, I, I had some teachers that, that, that I knew, uh, th- I mean, they, they, they cared about me, and I, that made a difference. Uh, maybe, maybe it was a coach that cared about you. Maybe there was a pastor or pastor's wife, uh, a youth pastor. Maybe it was a Sunday school teacher. Maybe it was a boss, someone that just helped grow you and helped give you opportunities. And maybe it was a coworker or a mentor. Uh, but there are people that, that have invested in us. You know, let's not be, let's not be uh, uh, so proud that we don't say thank you, and we don't recognize what other people have done uh, in our life. Uh, there, there are so many that have invested in us. And I think, about, I think about Abraham, and I think about Lot, and Lot was given so much. But he threw it away. He threw it away. He threw it away, and, and our future directly correlates to our decisions And uh, Newton's third law uh, in physical science states that when two bodies interact, they apply forces to one another that are equal in magnitude and opposite direction. The third law is also known as the law of action and reaction. And for every action in life, there is a reaction. For every decision, there is a, there is a benefit or a consequence of those decisions. Uh, it is cause and effect. Uh, and in decisions of life, uh, it, we, are, we are making decisions, and those decisions are going to impact what our future looks like. So we've got to be a good steward of those decisions. So I want to look at Abraham and Lot, and we're going to see some decisions and results, and I'm going to have to hasten here. Number one, uh, I want you to see the situation. The situation. Look at verse 7. Genesis 13, 7. Uh, And there was strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle, and the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled then in the land. Uh, So here the situation was there was strife. Uh, And it wasn't just that there was strife, there was a lost world that was watching the strife. And that made a difference. That made that that was a that was a direct uh, there was a direct awareness. Abraham, he was one that was looking at what was going on, uh, the situation. Look at verse number eight. We're going to see the solution. Uh, verse number eight. And Abraham, Abraham said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if thou wilt depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. So here, this is the mature believer, Abraham. Uh, He was the spiritual one. Galatians chapter 5 says, ye which are are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Uh, There's a responsibility for the spiritual to restore those who have fallen, those who have gone a wrong direction, who are heading the wrong way. And here, what do we find? We find Abraham the spiritual one, he is, now, he is now taking a step to try to solve this problem uh, with, 
with Lot. Uh, did I say something wrong? Typo? Oh, there we go. All right. Uh, typo, yes. Uh, and so uh, I wonder who does my slides. I need to get somebody. I know I've talked to that person. Uh, it's me. Uh, and uh, anyway, uh, so uh, the... the uh, don't, don't worry about Abraham, don't worry about Abram, and don't worry about... Just go ahead and fix that, Brother Daniel. You can fix it right there. All right. And so, uh, anyway, everybody's laughing. I could, just, I could tell I lost everybody over something. Uh, but Abraham here, he is, he is investing. Uh, he, is, he is seeing because he was spiritual, he said, I've got to do something about this situation. I've got to, I've got to fix this. And, and he's looking at it. He recognized that the, the uh, heathen were watching, and they, as believers, were supposed to respond in a proper way, and that's not what was going on. So Abraham says, listen, we've got to fix this. And so uh, as custom was, during this day, that body of water. Uh, can you flip that map back up there? We find here that uh, the Mediterranean Sea, what they would do is they would stand with their back to the Mediterranean Sea, and that would be towards the west. And so when Abraham said, I will go to the left, if he says, you choose which way you want to go. If you want to go to the left hand, I will go to the right. So if he went to the left hand, he would be going north. Uh, and then Abraham would go to the right hand. He would go to the south. Uh, he said, if you go to the south, he says, then I'll go to the north. So uh, the north, the south, the south, the north, and that's what he was telling him. His back was to the west. Now, when we look at where they were at, uh, get your picture again, uh, up onto Bethel, that's where they were at at the top, uh, the northwest uh, side of the uh, Dead Sea there. And, and if you look at that, that's where this event took place. Place, but uh, we see Sodom. Now, three quarters of the way down uh, on the Dead Sea, on the east side, you'll see a little inlet that's there. That's where Sodom is. Can you see Sodom? And, so and then G Gomorrah was just uh, to the south. Uh, the southeast of Sodom was Gomorrah. So what we have here is we have, they were on the north, they were on the other side of the Dead Sea, and there was this body of water, and this body of water was a dead body of water, but they could see across from Bethel, and it was, you have to remember that this was a mountain range. That whole section from Bethel all the way down through, uh, through Jerusalem, it was up on top of a mountain range, so there was a there was a mountaintop view across, and they could see uh, the plains of Sodom and Gomorrah over there. And, and it wasn't like it was just right across town or right across the street. This was a was a distance here, and, and we see that uh, there was uh, a solution. Abraham was saying, "Listen, we've got to separate uh, to to have a solution." You know what? Sometimes separation is the way you solve problems. That's just how you solve them. And, and with that, this was, this was a good solution. Uh, but uh, So we see that there was a situation, we see the solution, but I want you to see thirdly that there was a seduction. There was, there was a draw that was going to draw, uh, Abra or would draw a lot away. Look back at verse number 10. 
uh, Genesis 13:10, the Bible says, And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan that was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest to Zoar. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east and separated themselves one from the other. There was a draw. There was something that was drawing Lot in a wrong direction. Now, Abraham said, you go to the left hand, the north. He said, I'll go to the south. You go to the south, I'll go to the north. The east was never an option. Why? Because everything was bad in the east? No. But there was stuff that was in the east. There was a draw in the east that Uncle Abraham knew would not be good for Lot. You know, there are, there are decisions that we have to make not based on a commandment. There's no law in the Bible, thou shalt not go to Sodom. There's no law in the Bible, thou shalt not go to a place that is well watered. But Uncle Abraham knew that that was a dangerous place for Lot. There was a draw that was going to suck him in to a wicked city called Sodom. So Uncle Abraham was, he, he was a legalist. He was controlling. He was trying to keep everybody from having any fun at all. Don't express your independence. No, he was wise. He had spiritual discernment and said, you know what, that right there is the wrong way. Don't go there. And Lot didn't listen. You know, when Sodom was being destroyed, Lot's daughters and sons-in-law and probably grandkids were burned up in the city. His wife was destroyed with by a pillar of salt. I bet you he was second-guessing his decisions. But it was too late. He probably thought Uncle Abraham didn't know what was best for him. Uncle Abraham probably was just too strict. But we see this, the destruction that was there. There's a seduction to draw people away from that which is holy. You know what the, you know what the draw is? Well, it's not that bad. But the problem is you take that step and then somebody else says, well, what about this? Well, that's not that bad. Well, you know, I don't see anything. The Bible says I can't do this. Well, you know, that's not that bad. I mean, there's some good people and there we are. You see, it was a decision. You know, we need to follow wise counsel. 
And I'm not saying that pastor is, is the source of wise counsel. I'm just telling you, you know what, what I teach you is primarily what somebody gave me. And you know what? It worked. And I'm handing it off. And, and you know what? I want you to grab it. Why? Because it works. And we have so many that are saying, well, I don't want that. We've got something better. And let me tell you something. We don't know what better is going to produce. We know what we were handed. We know what it's going to produce. We know what, uh, what has been handed down. We know what has accomplished. We look at the churches and we look at people getting saved and lives transformed. Uh, we see kids getting saved here. Praise the Lord. What a blessing. Uh, that is, that's so encouraging. But then you listen to a pastor like uh, uh, Rick Warren and them, well, I've got 20,000 people here, but I know I probably have 10,000 people that come every Sunday that are lost, but I'm okay with that. As long as they come. I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with that. And, and there, is a, there is a step that just keeps on going. And we find here that there's a seduction. And if we're not careful, we will get our eyes and we'll say, well, I'm not going to Sodom. Neither was Lot. But he was pointed that direction. The well-watered plains. Sodom was not a plain. Sodom was a city. And what he said he was going, where he said he was going, is not where he ended up. And he lost his family. He lost everything. Why? Because he was not a good steward of his decisions. He didn't take the decisions that were offered to him and, and look at it and say, okay, this, this is probably the way I should go. Abraham was the friend of God. Abraham knew God. I wonder, I wonder what's the draw in our life. You know, every one of us have a besetting sin. We are to lay aside the weight and the sins which does so easily beset us. There are things that, that weigh us down, that slow us down, that we allow into our lives. There are sins that, man, they just keep on pulling at us and drawing at us. We've got to know what they are. Why? So we can be a good steward of our future. I better be aware of it. Why? Because I don't want to, I don't want to wreck my future. I don't want to wreck uh, what God had for me. And the draw was a well-watered uh, plain, well-watered everywhere. Uh, but the reality was, it wasn't everywhere. That was desert. Do some research on it. That whole area around that was desert. It wasn't well watered everywhere. Isn't it amazing how we can take something that just has a little spot of good and all of a sudden everything's good? But it's not reality. And we can lie to ourselves. Have you ever lied to yourself? I have. I have. And usually when I do that, it doesn't work out so good. 
See, there was a draw. Uh, there, it was well watered. There was wickedness. There was, there was opportunity to get out from under Uncle Abraham and all his old-fashioned standards, convictions, his, his direction. It was an opportunity. Uh, the battle hasn't changed. It's the same battle that Abraham fought that we're fighting today. Same one. Same song, second verse. A little bit louder, a little bit worse. Same people are everywhere, just different faces. Have you ever gone somewhere else and you met somebody? It's like, you look just like so-and-so. Or you, you hear somebody, it's like, man, they remind me of so-and-so. Deb and I were somewhere not too long ago, and a lady started laughing. And it was like I was sitting right there next to Deshaun Cook. Deshaun has one of those contagious laughs, and, and we were there, and it was like, that's Deshaun. I mean, it was just so funny, and we just, we, we, we told the lady, finally, it was like, man, you remind us of one of our ladies, uh, Miss Deshaun. Uh, it was just so comical. You know what? Same things go on everywhere, no matter where we're at. There is a wickedness in this world. There is a draw. The battle hasn't changed. The world, the flesh, the devil, they are still alluring. They're still throwing those hooks out. They're still trying to get your attention. And you've got to realize, hey, am I, am I getting my eye on that hook? You know, if you've ever done much fishing, you have hooked yourself. You know what? It doesn't matter how many times you say, that's sharp. Be careful. Man, invariably that hook goes all the way in. I mean, you just nail yourself with that thing. I don't know how many times I've done that. You know what? You, you start getting your eyes the wrong direction. The devil, he's just waiting to set that hook. And he's good. He's good. But are we going to allow, are we going to sacrifice our future because we're not paying attention? We're not being a good steward of those decisions. We see here uh, the situation, the solution. I want you to see the seduction. And lastly, I want you to see the safety. When we look at the end, we see that what Abraham offered Lot, he offered him two options. You go to the left hand, I'll go to the right. You go to the right hand, I'll go to the left. According to Abraham, there were only two options. But let's look what Abraham did. Go back to verse number 11. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east and separated themselves, the one from the other, and Abraham dwelled in the land of Canaan. So he stayed on that, that uh, Mediterranean Sea side, all right? He dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent towards Sodom. So now he's on the other side of the Dead Sea. He's in that inlet. He's looking towards Sodom, all right? But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Abraham dwelled and Lot drifted. Abraham dwelled, Lot drifted, because he's not going to stay there. 
in the plains. He's not going to stay there. He's going to pitch his tent towards Sodom. The drift will cost you more than you can ever imagine. The drift away from your foundation, the drift away from your founders, the drift away from your fundamentals. Uh, Abraham dwelled, and what we find is that Abraham dwelled, and God blessed Abraham. Lot drifted, and Lot was judged. Lot and all that he had were destroyed. Genesis 13, verse 14, And the Lord said unto Abram, After that Lot was separated from him, Now lift up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art northward and southward. What's that next step, uh, word? Eastward and westward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise and walk through the land in the length of it, and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. And Abram removed his tents, and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. Lot drifted, and we saw destruction. You go to Genesis chapter number 19, and for time's sake, we're not going to go there, but you're going to find here in chapter 19 that, Ab that Lot loses everything. He loses everything. He loses his family. He loses everything. But when Abraham stayed put, Abraham dwelled, God said, all right, you looked at the north and the south, he said, as far as you can look to the east, as far as you look to the west, I am going to give that to you. You know, it's different if we try to take something than if God gives it to us. You know, when God gave it to Abraham, Sodom was gone. Sodom was going to be destroyed. Gomorrah was going to be destroyed. He said, right now you just look. He said, but I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it all to you. You know, just doing what God says, it works. It works. And the world, the flesh, the devil, there's always that lure for us to change. There's always that lure for us to move to the to the right, or to the left. Left. And, and with that, the drift is never to God. It's always farther away. It's always a step. Well, you know, and there's, these, there's this draw for us to slide away. Why should we want to go that way instead of going towards the Lord. If he said, be holy for I, the Lord thy God, am holy, we've got a long way to go from a good point. You see, the world is not our standard. God is our standard. And he is perfect. So if I'm going to drift, if I'm going to move any direction... I don't need to be moving to, to that which is, which is more liberal. 
I need to be moving towards that which is more conservative. Not towards that which is more unholy, but to that which is holy. You know, the devil, the draw will never be for holiness. God said, draw nigh unto me and I will draw nigh to thee. There's, there is a conscious decision to move towards God. It will not be a natural drift. It'll be on purpose. And so here we see this completely different decisions and we see completely different results. What do we want? What do we want? Say, well, pastor, is God going to destroy everything I have if I go a little bit the other direction? I don't know. Just with a family this week. At one point, just a few years ago, they had their kids in our school. In the last two weeks, one of them went to jail for murder. The next one shot and killed the third one. Three boys, one family. It's devastating. And this poor family and the hurt that they're going through, the unknowns, you know, we don't know what comes down the decisions. But our decisions have repercussions. And I'm, I'm guessing that they're probably going to think, I wonder if we shouldn't have just left them in a good Christian school. I wonder if we shouldn't have been faithful in church. Now, being in church doesn't, doesn't remove us from tragedy in life. But it's not a normal occurrence. It's not a normal occurrence. But when you don't follow the Lord, destruction is normal. It is normal. And we've seen it over and over and over again. Let's be a good steward of our future. Because our future isn't just us. It's our children. It's our grandchildren. It's our family, our friends. There is an impact. The stewardship of your future. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for your goodness to us. And Lord, just lead us, help us to, uh, to see the importance of, of the decisions that, that we are making in our life. Help us to, to recognize, Lord, where, where we are at in our own minds and hearts. And uh, Lord, if there's a draw that is, is pulling us, uh, help us to be aware enough to, to try to make an assessment of what it is and why am I dealing with that. I pray you'd help us to draw nigh to you. 
And so help us as we uh, look at these two individuals, Abraham and Lot. Uh, help us, Lord, to make good decisions and not decisions that will cause destruction. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You say, Pastor, Lord put his finger on something in my life. Maybe there's some decisions. Maybe there's some draws that uh, the cause you need to want to drift. You say, uh, Pastor, Lord put his finger on something in my life tonight. Just, just lift your hand up. Let me pray for you. All right. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.